all hustlers, non-negotiators, chronic bullshitters, and bill collectors, please hang up and call somebody else. Other than that, you me on business, so you have no business calling me, J. Cole. Morning. This show is intended for a mature audience only and may contain harsh language, trans fats, live nudes, and derogatory comments about your mother. Those who are easily offended or have no sense of humor are encouraged to turn off the show now. Parental discretion is advised. My enemies are many. My equals are none. They fear me like a force of nature, a dealer in thunder and death. I say... I am Emperor! Three, four! Three, four! Three, four! Three, four! You're listening to the Emperor and the Emperor's Court. It's a celebration of mediocrity. All this energy calling me back where it comes from. It's such a crude attitude. It's back where it belongs. All the little kids growing up on the skins. They're going Cleveland Rocks, Cleveland Rocks. Jumping Jean Jean is moving James Dean. From the shores of Lake Erie to the banks of the Cuyahoga Lake. Live from the world, I'm here in Cleveland, Ohio, USA. This is the Emperor's Court here on AlphaGeekRadio.com. I am your host, the Emperor, joined in studio by no one, as Lulu is out of town today. Uh, actually, it was some question whether or not she'd be back in time for the show. Uh, that has not happened. So I am flying solo this evening, and that is just fine. Ladies and gentlemen, I have a lot for us to cover, uh, so we should probably get right to it. If you want to get in contact with the show, you may do so. Tweet us at Emperor's Court. It is up on Facebook at the same name. Send me an email at emperor1g at cox.net. Uh, and actually, I did have an email that I was going to... Actually, I wasn't really sure what to do with it, truth be told. Uh, I've gone ahead and I think I'm going to go ahead and read it and try to see if I can't um, give an explanation as to... I hate to be vague. We'll get to it very shortly. Um, <laughs> a tornado warning for Columbus. Somebody guard the national championship trophies. <laughs> we didn't have much of anything here; just a lot of rain. Uh, I don't know. If, I don't know if we're supposed to have any kind of really bad weather. I'm looking at Columbus right now. It just looks like rain for where I'm sitting. But let me see if I can't pull it up. Oh, once again, weather somehow making its way into the show. Well, there is a hazardous uh, weather outlook. Tonight, there is a marginal risk for severe thunderstorms this afternoon into this evening. The main threat will be isolated, damaging winds. Well, the worst of it kind of went north over the lake, and we didn't get shit, so it wasn't us. Rarely do we actually get anything that they say we should. Sometimes a bad thunderstorm, that's about it. Looking at Columbus right now. Hmm. Isolated large hail damaging winds. An isolated tornado cannot be ruled out. Huh. I mean, I'm looking at Columbus. There is no tornado warning out that I see. 
At any rate, so that's neither here nor there. If you happen to be in Columbus and want to shoot me off a text, there's a couple of you who are, feel free. Uh, at any rate, um, yeah, it is tornado warning. Son of a bitch, it is out. Tornado warning including London, Ohio, South Charleston, South Solon, Ohio until 7 p.m., 7.15 p.m. All right, so that's already expired. Tornado warning including Dublin, Ohio, Grove City, Upper Arlington until 7.45. So if you were in those areas... Yes, you do have a tornado watch in effect. Sorry, tornado warning in effect. And it's going right at you. Nothing up here in Cleveland, though. We're just fine. Hooray. Anywho. um, If you are a patron of the show and haven't been paying attention, I uploaded an hour and 40 minute show for you yesterday. Uh, I know that's the only show we're going to have for the month of March which is fine uh, because it's an extra long one. So it kind of makes up. You know, I try to do like 30 or 40 minute shows a couple times a month. Uh, this is the equivalent of three. So enjoy uh, the email. I, I, we might get to a little sooner. Um, it's somebody asked me a question and I really had to think back about it. And I actually had to ask mystic Mim to kind of jog my memory because I remember the incident and I remember where it happened. I just don't remember exactly when. And some of the specifics I, I'm not, completely sure on and i know i'm sure i've talked about it in the past years and years and years ago on the show uh if any of you old timers out there happen to remember the story maybe you can fill me in uh we'll get to that in just a minute as for how my week has been my week has been very busy as is always the case uh work has been uh, work lots of it uh more so now with tax season fast approaching here the end Hello, why are you yawning so much? Jeez, I didn't think I was that tired. I slept a lot this weekend. I had, I mean, I'm in a, I'm in a perpetual sleep debt, so I kind of had to catch up, and I slept quite a bit yesterday and today. The problem is, I'm not going to bed till like two or three in the morning. I want to, I try, but I can lay awake at night, stare at the ceiling, and and just nothing happens. So I get up and do something, hoping that it makes me tired. About three o'clock, I get tired enough to sleep. The problem is that I'm sleeping until eleven o'clock in the morning, or today I slept till noon. Noon on a Sunday. You waste away so much of the day. Uh, and putting my time in, I played a couple uh, Heroes of the Storm game with some buddies. Uh, I did some Warcrafting. I'm up to 53 on my Hunter. I'm up to 21 on my Mage. Though my Mage is a is mainly my money factory. Because it's a ma- it's a max at 300 tailoring. So I'm just pumping out rune cloth bags. Making money hand over fist. Setting the market. Today, however, I had limited time to play, so I was going to try and knock out a level. And Octail was on there. He's been playing with us now. And uh, uh, Tabor's on there and a couple of the others. Motherfucker, I'm level 21 in my age. All right? I'm in heels, Brad. Terran Mills. I'm killing gray bears. I'm not bugging a soul. I'm not t- PKing anybody. I'm not chasing anyone. I'm just being a nice guy, killing bears, getting their tongues, and then skinning them for their hides. That's all I'm doing. But for some reason that I've not been able to figure out, the Alliance continues to hound me. They killed me every time they see me. And of course, the fuckers being the brave souls that they are, they wait until I'm fighting one, two, three mobs, and then they show up to go ahead and kill me. Well, it reached a breaking point with me, folks. They were ganking me literally outside the gates of Terran Mills. Enough is enough. 
So I did what any man with a higher level main would do. I got on a bat. I flew my hunter from under city of Terra Mills and then spent the next hour and a half culling and harvesting Alliance players. I am the savior of Hillsbrad. Somebody actually called me that. As people are actually yelling out locations of people that are ganking them. Lots of rogues, level 30, level 40, level 50 rogues, who have no business being in this zone except to kill lower-level doobie horde players. All I wanted to do was knock out a level. Maybe a level and a half. Wasn't bugging anybody. They couldn't leave me alone. So by my tally of kills today, they killed me four times on my mage. I made them pay for it by killing 64 Alliance characters. And including running back and forth across the fields, up into the Hillsbrad fields, up into the Yeti Cave, down to the Syndicate, into Durnhold, just clearing them out. Motherfuckers kept on coming back. Then they actually got smart. They got six guys together to come after me. Now, I'm a 5300. All right. I'm pretty well geared. I have an epic bow. Has a couple best in slot uh, parts of my uh, set. Got a couple of Beastalker pieces. So I'm not, I'm not shabby. I'm not horrible. I'm not specced for this kind of thing, but so be it. So they come after me six on one. I'm able to kill two, disengage, and run for my life. Now, you'd think with all the other lobby hordes in the area watching this happen, as they've been bleeding like sheep for me to come help them. At some point, somebody would have stepped in to lend a hand. Nope. Not one. They're more than willing to praise me to the gods, thank me for my assistance, and when I said, well, it'd be nice if a couple of you at least helped. I'm not saying you have to go out Rambo. Let me do the killing. Just keep me alive. Keep them off my back. Maybe sheep one or two, or put a fear into them. Something. Nope. Nope, nope. We might get killed. Such is the bravery of the Horde, ladies and gentlemen. To say that I'm disappointed in what I saw is an understatement. But I lost most of today and all the leveling I was going to do by playing babysitter for the rest of the Horde and giving them a chance to go out there and level. So, if you are listening to the sound of my voice and you happen to be one of those horde, I hope you enjoyed what it is I did for you. I hope you made the most of it. I hope you got some leveling in. There was a point where none of these rogues or any of these other characters were bothering to go into any of these places. Not Hillsbrad Fields, not outside of Terran Mills, nowhere. Because they couldn't live long enough to do anything. Now, there's a couple of you I know, I'm sure, banging away your keyboard and saying, well, Amp, you can go to the Barons. You can go to the Barons level till like 24 and never to come out. Yeah, I could. The problem is I am very close to being revered with Undercity, which is what I need to get my mount. Now, granted, it's a long way away, but I need to do all these quests in that area uh, that are all uh, Undercity uh type quests and if I don't then I won't get the points for them 
And I, I'm not going to go back and do them. Once I pass the level, I'm not going to go back and search and try to find, huh, where's the couple quests that I didn't do that I could do again and get the points? I don't, I don't want to bother. I don't have the time for it. Fuck it. But if you are a horde and you are listening to this, have some guts, you pussies. Seriously, help me out. Help me help you. And that's one thing I give the Alliance credit for. It's one thing that the Horde so far that I've seen doesn't do, and it doesn't matter what zone it is or who does it. They run as a pack, and if they see one being attacked, they dogpile the Horde chasing them. And we're already outnumbered on the server. And don't get me wrong, all right? I understand the point of it. It's a PvP server. This is what we all signed up for. I get it. However, there are some things that used to be a little sacred, some agreements that used to be in place between us and the Alliance, and this was uh, uh, pretty much on most servers had this uh, case. And maybe it's a little more predominant and the higher levels, and I've seen that. Like in Ungoro Crater. Okay, well, nobody really attacks each other. They're too busy doing stuff. There's one group who does nothing but harvest the devil sore leather. And there's they have an agreement with whatever alliance group, whether it's the same people, whether it's uh, and just playing alts, or whatever the case may be. But, you know, that's the only thing that they have a concern with. They don't care about anything else. And that's fine. Great. No problems. It just bugs the shit out of me. If you see someone being attacked, help out. If you know that you're being harvested by the Alliance in that area, do more. And that's another thing. If you're going to call for help, and that's fine, you can call for a higher level Big Brother help. But there's a couple things that are common sense. And it's like pulling teeth to get anybody to answer these kind of questions. It's real simple. Location, level, class, race. Example, Hillsborough Fields, level 21, no mage. Got it. If you want to give me their name, so much the better. That works. It's not hard, folks. That way, I know what I'm walking into, what I'm running into. Especially if I'm coming to save your ass. At least have the common courtesy to tell me what it is I'm walking into. And also, it makes a big difference because I know how to approach them. I know who to expect. I know what I'm going to fight. So I know what my opening moves are going to be. And I do fight differently depending on who it is I'm faced. If I'm facing off against a healer, I'm opening up with the uh, shot that takes mana. To suck away his mana. If I'm fighting a rogue, first thing I do is I'm going to hit him with a, um, uh, a hunter's mark. So that even if he cloaks and runs away, I can still see him. I can still follow him. Things like that. If I know it's a healer, not only am I going to suck away his mana, I'm going to try it and, and uh, damage him over time. And make him use up his mana trying to heal themselves. In most cases, I'm not the one that delivers the killing blow. My cat does. Oddly enough, I'm not Beastmaster Specked. Don't have to be. But it's not hard. Help me 
help you. And this goes the same no matter what you're playing. Whether it's retail or the Elysium private server or whatever the case. If you are in a situation where you are fighting other people, again, location, level, class, race. If I'm fighting a warrior, going to keep my distance. Not going to let him try and close. I'm going to use scatter shot. I'm going to use concussion shot. Things like that. So I'm using a mage. I'm going to dump on him well as quick as I can. I don't have to worry about taking away his mana. I just have to kill him before he has all of his shields come up. If it's another hunter, well, actually because of my melee weapons, I try and close as quickly as possible. Because nine times out of ten, they're not built for melee. I can hold my own in that with my weapons. Apparently, Kentucky went down today in the uh, March Madness. North Carolina and South Carolina advance. Huh. Game-winning shot followed by game-winning shot. I need more help is what it comes down to. And that's one of the things I told everybody when they started playing their characters, which is one of the mission statements of Clan Imperial Guard when it comes to World of Warcraft on this server is that once we are higher enough level, we are going to peruse many of the contested zones, especially the lobby zones, and keep the shaft away from our characters, keep away from the horde, because the Alliance likes to flood them with rogues and everything else all the fucking time. There are some zones that the Alliance pretty much ignores. Some of them because of location, some of them because it's just there's nothing there for them. Duskwall Marsh comes to mind. It's a contested zone pretty much uh, blocked off by access to, you know, getting to there by uh, through Horde territories. Ajara, eh, pretty much ignored. Angaro Crater, I didn't see a whole lot of Alliance. Stonetail Mountains, when I was leveling up, had quite a few. And keep in mind, the servers got between six and 9,000 people on at any one time. So the world is kind of small when you think about it. You're going to bump into quite a few people over time. And I get that. But still, I expect better. Have some common sense, people. It's not hard. All right, enough of that. Yeah, there it is. There is that little thing going right for Columbus. I'm watching it now. That storm system's coming at us, but it looks like it's nothing but rain to the north, which is what's going to hit us. So my guess is anything we will get won't affect the show by the time it hits here. So South Carolina defeats Florida. They advance for their first ever Final Four. North Carolina defeats, uh, well, number one, North Carolina defeats number two, Kentucky. They advance. Huh, all right. General Manager's Kid blurts out Lindor deal info on radio. Ha, <laughs> okay. Sorry, this is just on ESPN, and being that I'm a Cleveland Indians fan, you're going to listen to it. From Goodyear, Arizona, which is the home of the Indians' spring training camp, it's no secret the Cleveland Indians want to sign all-star shortstop Francisco Lindor to a long-term contract. 
Thanks to little Brody Chernoff, the length of the deal may now be known. On Saturday, the six-year-old son of Indians uh, general manager Mike Chernoff was invited into the team's broadcast booth during the ninth inning of an exhibition game against the White Sox. During the visit, Brody Chernoff was asked a few questions by veteran announcer Tom Hamilton, who you may know, by the way, folks, as the god of Major League Baseball radio, who wanted to know if the youngest youngster's dad was working on any new deals. He's trying to get um, Lindor to play for seven more years. <laughs> Hamilton burst into laughter at the response and joked that, we had better not talk anymore, Brody. Lindor has quickly become one of the American League's rising young stars in the face of the Indians. He batted 301, 15 home runs, 70 RBIs, and won the Gold Glove in 2016, his first full season in the majors. Uh, by the way, he also won the Defensive Player of the Year award. The Indians had negotiations with Lindor's agent this spring about potentially signing the 23-year-old for the long term. The club already has an agreement in place with infielder Jose Ramirez, or J-Ram as we call him, on an extension pending a physical, which he should have no problem passing. Anyways, on tap for today, we've got uh, a story on Wonder Woman. we got a story on Harambe. That's right, that damn gorilla won't go away. Uh, Mass Effect Andromeda are the three we wanted to get to. And, but also there's this this mailbag. Um, and it's usually I go towards the end of the show before I try and knock out the mailbag. You know, we also have a You've Been Told, now that I think about it. Give me one second. Um, I'm pretty sure I actually I saved them this time. If not, I can always download them. It's not a problem. It's a matter of actually finding them. Um, trying to think, what was the one we start, We uh, ended with last time? 27? So we have You've Been Told number 28, and I think 29 is in the can, if we need to use that. Umar Artemis, you guys can double-check me. Was it uh, You've Been Told number 27 that we used last time? I think so. Like I said, if not, I've got the other one waiting in the wings we can grab too. So Octale's got something in the can we can use as well. Um, so there's that. But... I, This mailbag thing really had me stumped for a little while because I again I wasn't I wasn't entirely sure I remembered the um exact way that this had had happened the exact uh, set of events and how it took place and I remember for the most part yeah 28 is our last is the one we're going to use next 29 is the newest one um It's downloading now for some reason. Okay. Let's just put that there. Got it. Okay. All right. So let's do the mailbag first. And then we'll go from there. The post office delivered your hate mail to the house again. Anything worth looking at? No, just the usual death threats, letter bombs, and human feces. You always make it sound worse than it is. How do you know it's human feces? Okay. Um, I'm not going to give out the person's name because I'm not entirely sure uh, that I'm thinking of the right event, although I can't think of anything else that kind of went with it. But uh, in this email, the, journal, the, the gentleman goes on to say that uh, at an Otakon some years past, or... It, Okay, it starts by him saying that his buddy told him that an internet radio guy 
emperor, introduced him and helped him hook up with this girl at a convention. And apparently they just got married this weekend. They got married yet. would have been yesterday. Yet less yesterday. Yeah. The uh, 25th. He sent it before the 25th. So I'm assuming they've already been married. All right. He sent it on Friday. They were supposed to get married yesterday. If they did, congratulations. Uh, it goes on to say that apparently I helped him uh, meet this girl because he really had a crush on her, started dating her, and eventually they got married. And this is years ago in the past. As the story goes, this guy came up to me. We were in the uh, game room of Otakon, and this must have been years ago. And apparently, I, I remember because I was wearing a... Let me give this scenario, all right? He explains that he saw a shirt, started talking to me, and he wanted me to help break the ice with this girl that happened to be the sister of a friend that he was there with. And he wanted to introduce me to them, but he wanted me to pretend to know him like we were good friends or something, because that way he could use a semi-famous person to try and impress the girlfriend. And I remember explaining to him, that's stupid, I'm not famous. He said, no, 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 it, it doesn't work like that. He said, he doesn't, you don't have to be, because her brother also listens to you and knows who you are. And if both of us know it, that's not that we might, might be able to impress him. Fine. But apparently he wanted to know if this was true, because that's the story he that he and the, his fiancée now wife told this guy. We'll call him Brian. Uh, <laughs> look, I, the more I think about it, there's no other story that really fits it. And apparently they dated, got engaged, married, and that's how they got together. Okay. This is how I remember the story. And I know I've probably talked about this in the past. This has got to be 10 years ago or more. Years and years and years ago. So if I'm... Not up to date on all the specifics. It's because it's been a long time and my apologies. Now, there was a year, and I don't remember which, where Mystic Mim wanted me to wear this baseball jersey that she had made for me. And God love her. It was hand, you know, it looked like she threw it together the last second. It was this this mesh blue six-button practice baseball jersey that she had stenciled Emperor on the back of it. Now, this is back when she thought it was actually kind of funny because people would recognize me. They would recognize the voice when I was talking in the game room at Otakon, and it happened a few years. I didn't want to wear it. Quite honestly, I thought it was stupid. I wore it because we had a fight about it the day before we left for Otakon, so I wore it for all of three hours on Friday, the first day of the convention, and then never wore it again. This is what prompted me to actually have us uh, have made some really nice professional looking actual six button jerseys with the, the show. I'm sorry, the clan's logo, our names on them. I've got one. She's got one. Mecha Hawk's got one. A few of the other guys have them. All right. This is what I remember. I'm talking to this other guy about whatever game we were watching. I think it was a Pokemon game. All right. And this guy comes up to me and he's got to be, now, keep in mind, I'm probably in my mid-20s, late-20s, late-20s, like 27, 28 years old. Oh, was it that? Yeah, it must have been. Had to be. And there's a tap on my shoulder, and I turn around and say, hey, are you the same guy from the Internet? Kind of vague, and I said something like, uh, you, mean the sh- you mean the show, like WoW Radio? I was like, yeah, 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 that's the one. I said, yes. And we were talking for a minute. And he goes on to explain that he was a fan of the show, had been listening. He'd been listening to the Warcraft 3 games that I had done before and had followed me over to WoW Radio when I, I started there. And this must have been the second stint that I was doing, not the first, if I remember right. 
I think Total Bisco was in charge at the time. I don't remember. Anyways, he said something to the effect of, if I rem- and again, I, I had to ask Mystic Mim because she was standing next to me when this happened. And uh, the only reason I remember that specifically is because she threw that in my face and does to this day that, hey, the shirt worked, somebody recognized you. All of three people talked to me that day in the game room, not including these guys. Three. Not exactly, you know, Mr. Popularity here. And nor do I want to be. But I digress. And the guy said something along the lines of, hey, can you help me get in good with this girl? And I said, well, I don't know. How would I do that? He said, well, I'm here with my friend, and it's his sister that is with him. And she's a couple years younger, but I really want, I really like her. I want to, you know, take her out. She doesn't give me the time of day. If I introduce you, that'll make me look like a big shot because I know somebody who's kind of famous. And I said, but I'm not famous. I will, I'll help you if you like, but I don't know how that's going to. I said, is she a listener? No, she doesn't listen. I said, well, then how the hell is she going to know who I am? Why would that make a difference? And he said, it's like, no, 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 don't worry about it. Her brother listens. Her brother is going to know exactly who you are. So, and he's a fan. So if I, you know, say that and introduce you and, and all that, then, then he might geek out and that might be enough to impress her. Maybe I'll take her out. I got to say one of the more original ideas. Fine. So we go over there and, oh shit, what was his name? I'm sorry, buddy. If you're listening to this, if if your friend Brian has you listening, I'm sorry. I, I don't remember your name. I really don't. I thought it was another B name, but I don't know. Brad or something like that. Anyway, so this guy say, hey, hey, look, introduce me. Hey, this is, you know, Emperor from, from Wow Radio. I, I was, we were meeting here at the game room. That's why I said we had to come today. And I'm just kind of like, I don't, I don't correct him. I was like, hey, what's up? And I shake hands with the, with the brother who looked a hell of a lot older than, the, than this guy who's talking to me. He looked like he was like, I think he might have been 20, 21. It looked like he was 12. And then there's the sister, and she was a few years younger, and, you know, a cute girl, nice. Uh, didn't say much, so she just kind of, you know, standing there watching. And the both like, oh, my God, yeah, hey, we listen to you. Yeah, we used to listen to you back on Warcraft 3 and the, the, the Clan Ob's uh, 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 channel or something like that, the, the observation channel that we had. It's way far in the back. Don't worry about it. Most of you aren't going to remember. So we're sitting there talking for a few minutes, and then – this this guy, this kid, is starts telling about, yeah, I was in this game, and that's how I met Emp here. Is is I started playing this game, and it was one of those free for alls. And yeah, I tell him how I won that. Emp wasn't that great game. No idea what the fuck he's talking about. To this day, I don't know if he was lying. I've got Mystic Mim, who's just, I, if she could be preening right now, like some kind of weird peacock, she would be because she is in her glory. Her shirt has worked. People have recognized me. She was right. I was wrong. And she's never going to let me live this down. And she hasn't. So I'm like, yeah. And, and just because I don't know what's going on. And I, for all I know, they're not going to call him on this bullshit because I'm sure they don't remember the game. If there even was one, I just start making up details. And I don't remember how the game went. I just said, yeah, he did this and did that. And, and it was, you know, one of the better games I've called. And it's just, it's throwing bullshit out of here. So the girl... As far as I can tell, not impressed, doesn't care. The brother, very impressed, kind of fanboyish, very uncomfortable for me. Uh, 
I don't do well with it. It's something, luckily, I've never had to do much, but it does happen on occasion. At least it did. So I, I you know, I said, hey, you know what? I, I appreciate it. Hey, it was nice seeing you, man. That was a hell of a game. I'll see you next week when we're back in uh, Cleveland. We're doing our show. I'll, I'll expect you, you know, back in the next free-for-all. So I shook their hands, and we walked to the other side of the room and eventually left. And that's all I remember. Never saw him again. Never talked to him again. I think we might have got an email at some point years ago that, that when Highlander was on the show that we might have actually done. I honestly don't remember. I think we did. But if that is, in fact, the case, and you guys would know better than I would, if you want to send me an email and let me know if this is, in fact, that story, I can't think of other one I'd be involved in. Uh, congratulations on your marriage. Uh, I hope it works out. It took you long enough because that was like 10, 11 friggin' years ago. Then again, I don't know how old they really were. I'm, I was guessing at how old they were. But if I helped you get in there like Flynn, then I expect a wedding cake in the mail or something. It was a very strange event. I've never had anybody come up there. Hey, can you pretend to know me? Yeah, I can. Why? I want to impress a girl. Yeah, that's not really going to help you get in her pants by saying you know me. Yeah, I know this guy. He talks about video games on the radio. Twelve years ago, that most certainly would not have helped you get in anybody's pants. Today, that might be a different story. The geeks have inherited the have inherited the earth. It was just a very strange thing. But maybe he had help from the brother then, because Look, it's kind of a guy code. You're not supposed to date your brother's sister. You just don't. Makes things awkward, makes things weird. If you want to become friends with the brothers after you've dated the sister, okay then. That's fine. This was different. Final from Las Vegas, Cubs 22, Reds 4. Ugh, that was a spring training game. <sighs> what else we got? There's a couple I grabbed. I just, they're not really gaming. They're just kind of, Left out at me as being one of those, one of these, these stories that you just, you got a question and really scratch your head. Like, is this, is this for real? Are these real things? And here's one. Okay. Actually, there's two. Let's start with this one. From uh, New York, sorry, the New York Times Live.com. Wonder Woman's lack of armpit hair sparks feminist debate. Maybe you didn't hear that correctly. So allow me to say it again. Wonder Woman's lack of armpit hair sparks feminist debate. Yes, I'm well aware that I have fallen for a clickbait article. However, this is a show where we talk about weird shit like this. Set to debut in theaters on June 2nd, the new Wonder Woman film will be the first female-centric superhero motion picture to grace the big screen in some 12 years. 
The public has been endlessly teased with glimpses of the film, and to be honest, I forgot it was even coming out, from the special first-look trailer released at Comic-Con to a quick guest appearance by the Amazonian princess in Batman vs. Superman Dawn of Justice. With palpable excitement surrounding the film's release, the latest trailer, which can be viewed below, has sparked new controversy. God damn. You know, you realize how far fewer controversies there were in the world before we had social media and the internet? Through careful analysis, the internet has exposed a perhaps not-so-wonderful aspect of the DC Comics' newest incarnation, the classic girl, classic girl-power superheroine. She has no armpit hair. Uh... While the moment lasts all of a millisecond, not to mention the reason we can see her armpits is because she's throwing a truck over her head like a rag doll, it's a millisecond that has set off into heated debate. What? How? Debate between who? Who gives a shit? In the continual race for on-screen domination, it seemed that with the release of Wonder Woman, DC Comics had finally pulled ahead of Marvel Studios, which has yet to produce a superhero film with a female protagonist. But as Refinery29 pointed out in the scathing review of the new trailer, the lack of body hair on the female warrior makes us wonder if feminism was swept aside in favor of achieving the ideal female aesthetic. Because God forbid we should have an ideal superhero. I didn't know feminists, most feminists didn't shave. That's news to me. Quote, it's really hard to believe that Wonder Woman who has been on an island filled with strong women her entire life, is worried about waxing and then bleaching her pits. Who the fuck is Refinery29? And why do I care? Refinery29.com Okay, I don't know who they are or why they're relevant or why anybody should care. But there it is. That is a crime-consuming process. Okay, that is a time-consuming process, and she's a little too busy training ten times harder with the Amazons so that she can, you know, save the world. Well, even Bruce Wayne found time to go to parties and fundraisers and dinner. I'm sure Wonder Woman can take all of two minutes out of her day once every couple days or a week or whatever it is to shave her pits. Yes, it's hard to argue that having been brought to life by Zeus... And raised in a secluded sorority of warrior women, shaving would be high on the priority list for a Wonder Woman. As Forbes magazine pointed out, quote, In fact, one could venture that Wonder Woman's armpits at the 147 mark represent the entire struggle with which a modern woman must grapple daily. I am woman, hear me roar, but so I don't freak you and the you-know-what out. Let me take away everything I am so that I can be everything you want me to be. So let me get this straight. We're halfway through the article, and so far what we've come to is if we if women are shaving themselves, it's because men want them to, and they're disgusting if they do shave, but not disgusting if they don't. While the fear that this new Wonder Woman is a false feminist and yet another male-generated unattainable beauty standard for a new generation of women 
One cannot forget that as a comic book hero, Wonder Woman's image has, like her male counterparts, who often wear their underwear outside of their pants, always been highly stylized and more fantasy than reality. No shit. Go pick up a copy of X-Men with any one of the X-Women, X-Men women on the front and tell me they're not perfectly built with huge breasts. Or every one of these superhero men, H1 has an eight-pack. Abs, pecs, and everything else chiseled like some kind of Greek god. They all are. And always have been. Female superheroes are strong, capable, and in most cases, lethal. But they aren't exactly known for having the anatomical proportions of the average woman. Duh. For some reason, cat suits and modified leotards tend to come off better when you've got a figure that would make Barbie jealous. In a counterpoint to the argument, National Review explains, there is no room for debate about Wonder Woman should or should not look like because DC Comics already decided what she looked like when it created her in 1941. Why is it that every movie has to have some kind of political message? Why is every movie have to be charged with some kind of scandal or controversy? Whatever happened to having escapist movies where you just go and watch it to enjoy it for what it is? Do you realize how far we have fallen as a society that we are now castigating other people for watching this because the character on screen doesn't have armpit hair? Superheroes are by their very nature romanticized versions of humanity. Even Gal Gadot, the Israeli-born actress who plays Wonder Woman, pointed out in an interview right after she landed the role before the release of Batman vs. Superman that not only do superheroes set impossible physical standards, but in many cases they have no physical relationship to their mythological origins, making it somewhat of a moot point to criticize an on-screen interpretation. Folks, they are superheroes. These are not everyday ordinary men. Even the ones who don't have powers, like Tony Stark and Bruce Wayne. They're superheroes because they're geniuses with billions of dollars to build their shit. They're super, they're ubermensch, they are separated from the rest of us, and therefore can be idealized. That's the point. Look, I'm sorry, if somehow you want to root and your superheroes are the everyday average Joe Q, then that doesn't make them super. That makes them average. And that's fine. I think we all want to root for that guy. Sometimes. Not every time. And you start to think that, well, if these worldwide, these these huge villains, the, these super geniuses are being taken down by a bunch of collection of the common man, Week after week, comic book issue after issue. Bottom line, folks, you should not be trying to make your body look like Bruce Wayne or Captain America or Wonder Woman. They're characters from a comic book. 
out of the imagination of an artist and a writer. That is the question, or that's what the comment that you should be making. Enjoy it for what it is. The reason why this chick looks that way, and the reason why she's in Hollywood, not just because she can act, but because there are so few people who are who look like that. She won the genetic lottery. I'm sure she works very hard to keep it that way. Most people can't do that. We don't have the time. We don't have the resources. We don't have the physique. We don't have the genetics. Quote, the true Amazons had one boob. So, by the way, Amazons aren't real. They never did. They're from mythology. Quote, the true Amazons had one boob, so it won't bother them in their archery. So it's not going to be like real Amazons. We always try to make everyone happy, but we can't. After all, who really knows? Maybe demigods are born without body hair. Do we ever stop to consider that? Somehow, when the Greeks were making up their mythology about their gods and, and pantheon of gods, how much hair Athena and Hera and Aphrodite had probably didn't really come into the conversation much. Watching the clip, one would think that another woman's personal grooming choices shouldn't be an issue of contention. One woman is an Amazonian warrior capable of saving the world, but she's still a woman. Who really cares that she also owns a razor? As the internet continues to try and lasso the truth out of the controversy, there is no, folks, there is no controversy here. This is one bitch who happens to own a website. The New York Times grabbed because, hey, they thought this would get a lot of people talking. And you know what? It worked. And what it comes down to, aside from that, is the fact that it is a movie. It's a movie. You want to entertain people. If they sent out an Amazon who's all hairy and ugly looking, do you think a lot of people are going to go see that movie? There'll be a lot less. A lot less. Now, you can call those chauvinists. problem is, it's not just going to be a lot less men going to see it. It's going to be a lot fewer women going to see it. This is Hollywood. This is movies. We like beautiful people. There aren't as many average or ugly-looking actors out there who are great and successful. There are some, not many. Watch the full trailer and decide for yourself here. So, of course, they're running a tweet, a Twitter poll from March 23rd. I did not vote. 597 people voted. That's 597 more than I thought would. 14%. uh, The question is, if Wonder Woman was a feminist... Would she have armpit hair? At women in the world. 14% said, of course she would. 24% said, it's practical to shave. 22% said, maybe. 40% said, who cares? She's not real. And she's not. And even if she was, who cares? If whether... If whether a Wonder Woman has armpit hair or leg hair is the reason why you will or will not go see a movie, you don't need to go see it. You're a loser.
just as every male superhero doesn't need to look like some kind of roided out freak. Correct me if I'm wrong. Weren't they uh, parading Helmsworth through Thor, the very first movie, several times, sans shirt, with the female characters pointing this out? But that's not sexist. Okay. Because a Norse god is going to be completely shaved like Helmsworth was. The only reason I think of it is because Mystic Mim and Lulu were watching a couple days ago. But that's okay. I tell you who's really who's really complaining about this ugly bitches who are jealous and pissed off that God forbid there's somebody out there who looks better than they are. Piss off. Am I going to see this movie? Probably not. Probably not. I I liked DC. I was a big Batman guy. I thought the last three Batman movies were very good. That's it. That's it. I like the original Superman films with Christopher Reeves. I don't like the remix. And I don't care for Ben Affleck as Batman. I will not see it. And apparently they don't think much of him anyways because he was supposed to direct his movie, the next Batman film. Eh, not anymore. They removed him from it. He's still Batman. They kind of have to. They've got all that money in his contract involved. But he's not directing it, and he's not producing it. He was supposed to, not anymore. Unreal. From the DaytonDailyNews.com. Harambe fans rejoice. A charity is to host a gorilla-themed run in Cincinnati, Ohio. Now, for those who may not remember, um, <clears throat> the Cincinnati Zoo is where uh, they shot that gorilla named Harambe because the this kid fell into its enclosure because the parents weren't paying attention or the mother wasn't paying attention and they had to put the gorilla down after the gorilla ran up, grabbed the kid and was dragging him around. Obviously the internet got a hold of this and became a thing. So much so that the Cincinnati Zoo had to shutter the doors on their internet presence as well as their Twitter accounts because of course they were being trolled hellaciously. Fake Urban Meyer is tweeting out even ever more dire tweets as this uh, tornado storm barrels towards him. (laughs) Nobody better tell me who won the basketball game. I've got no power. I'm on my phone. A pack of gorillas will take over downtown Cincinnati next month, but they haven't escaped from the zoo. The Gorilla Glue Company will host its annual Cincinnati Gorilla Run, a 5K that raises funds and awareness for mountain gorillas. The race is on April 2nd, starting at the Montgomery Inn Boathouse at 925 Riverside Drive. 
Race participants buy and dress up in gorilla suits, which are provided by race organizers. Other participants can even dress up in banana suits, according to the race website. The race has been hosted for several years and was not created because of the death of Harambe, the gorilla who was killed at the Cincinnati Zoo last May. The event captivated the attention of people across the world, and Harambe quickly became the center of an internet frenzy. He was shot by handlers at the zoo after dragging a small boy who had fallen into the uh, gorilla enclosure. The race Red Day registration starts at 9 a.m. The 5K kicks off at 11. That's it? That's the story? I thought we had more going on there. <laughs> All right, where's the one that uh, Khalil sent in? She had one here, I think. Nine ways to spot, always spot someone from Cleveland, no matter where they are. Now, oh, this is the one. Yeah. From the DI, do it your health, do it your health dot tips. Do it yourself health, DIY health dot tips. It dot tips. That's actually a, a web ending. Okay. <clears throat> All right. A mother thought her kids had given her soap as a present, but when she lathered up with it the next day, she got a huge surprise. One mother found this uh, not everything is as it seems. One mother found it out the hard way recently when she received a very special present from her kids. Ashford Evans recounted this hysterical parenting anecdote on the website called For Every Mom. Quote, I opened the door and was greeted by deafening silence. Heavenly, rare, deafening silence. It was one of those rare occasions where the husband and I were ships passing the night. I was returning home late from a business meeting. He had left in the early afternoon for a boy's fishing trip. We had buttered and begged and delegated the children to different friends and family scattered throughout the town in order to cover the six hours in which neither of us would be in town. And so what I came home to after a long delayed flight and subsequent two-hour drive from the airport was sweet silence and an empty house. I took my time unloading my suitcase from the car, and there was no one home to need anything from me immediately. I schlepped my suitcase into the bedroom, made my way to the half bath after drinking one too many big gulps on the way home. When I entered the bathroom, I was greeted by a sweet citrus smell. The entire bathroom seemed to have been scrubbed just before my arrival. I looked around, astonished by that my husband would think to clean the house just before I got home. God knows how much I hate returning to a messy house. And that's when I saw it. One of the children's cereal bowls sitting on the shelf with what seemed to be an old bar of soap sitting in it. I didn't remember buying grapefruit scented soap, but it could have been from years ago. They have a tendency to dig up things long forgotten and put them on display for me. It looked just like a bar of soap. It looks after a years after its prime. Uh, you know when it's all dried up and misshapen, but it smelled delicious. Okay, looking at the picture of it, Okay. I picked it up and held it to my nose, breathing the scent. The smell of fresh grapefruit in a perfectly sound house is just short of heaven. The thing I was just couldn't quite place when I had bought the fancy soap and just exactly where they had found it. Throughout the night, I returned several times to inhale its tropical scent in between making dinner and washing my face. I never bothered to wash my hands after fondling it because it was, after all, just soap. The next morning, the spell had been broken as I left to collect all the children and returned to my life of chaos and macaroni and cheese. 
leaving my grapefruit-scented silence as a memory. Just get to the story, bitch! It was long, almost long after return when Eenie, I'm guessing a child, emerged from the guest bathroom, pressing the bar to her lips and breathing deeply, saying, This is my favorite. I love the way this smells. I know, I wholeheartedly agreed. What is it? Where did you guys get it? Meanie found it in the boys' bathroom at Taekwondo and brought it home, she said happily. And that's when it hit me. It wasn't some upscale boutique $15 soap I had been caressing for the last 12 hours. It was a urinal cake. That's right, a fucking urinal cake. A urinal cake from the public gym I take my five-year-old to for Taekwondo three times a week. A urinal cake that has been peed on by at least 1,000 strange little boys that I held against my cheek. When this realization, uh, with this realization, I screamed, jerked it from her hands, and fling it into the trash can. No, she burst into tears. It's my favorite. Wash your hands. Wash your face. Oh, my God. Wash everything. I screamed back. Everything went blank. When I came to, I realized I had only two options. As I went through my membrane, all the things I had touched since touching the vile thing, I realized that in combination with all the things my kids had touched, we really didn't have much of a choice. I mean, Taekwondo is on Wednesdays, and this was now Saturday. This thing has touched basically everything in my house at this point. How do you not know what a urinal cake looks like? It's not exactly uh, difficult. It's not something that you've never seen before, I imagine. Even women would know what a urinal cake is. Honestly, God. The internet. You find the weirdest things. Although, when I first read it, I thought the soap was going to be something else. Like a women's you know, toy of some kind. And not being the case, but, you know. Uh, where is the last one I wanted to go through before we get to the You've Been Told? It's, it's got to be here. I, I had it and I actually closed There it is. Okay. Kind of going in the same vein as... Uh, what they had with um, uh, Wonder Woman here. This is from news.com.au, South Australia. Bioware accused of deliberately making Mass Effect Andromeda female characters ugly. Now allow me to stop before I begin. Of all the problems that Mass Effect Andromeda has, it's been classified and reviewed and described as Kind of like No Man's Sky, but worse and less fun. Problems with rendering, problems with graphics, slow gameplay, annoying gameplay. I've yet to read a whole lot of positive things about Mass Effect Andromeda. But this, this is what we're going to worry about. Okay. Gamers claim to have noticed something strange about one of the year's most anticipated releases. The Sun reports fans have accused game developer Bioware of making all its female characters ugly. Yes, really. Several have claimed the women in Mass Effect Andromeda are less attractive than the models they are based on, while male characters look just as dashing as their real-life inspiration. In the game, you can play as one of the writer's siblings, one of whom is male, the other female. And then there's a tweet 
by somebody named at Terok 404 left is Jade Rossi, actress who gave her likeness to the female protagonist of Mass Effect Andromeda. Right? The final result from Bioware. Yeah, they're right. It's the night and day difference. You'd never think the hot, you know, 10 out of 10 uh, piece on the left looks anything like the weird uh, plastic sculpted ogre on the right. I will give them that. True. Uh, there's a reason why I'm, I'm putting this out here. And we'll get to this in just a minute. The Bioware fan site Biofan thinks actor Jade Rossi, who gave her likeness to the female option Sarah Ryder, looks quite different. On the other hand, model Stephen Brewis, who was the inspiration for Scott Ryder, looks almost identical. Feminist game critic, feminist, feminist game critic. Jesus Christ. Liana Kersner told Heat Street the difference between male and female characters indicated Bioware was, quote unquote, othering women. What the hell does that mean? Quote, for me, the issue is not the isolated appearance of the character. It's that it's so different from Bro Rider that one could say they're no longer actual male-female avatars of the same character. Bioware has yet to comment on the Fuhrer. I don't know what kind of Fuhrer there is. But it's prompted a heated debate over manipulating appearance based on gender. Femme Rider, apparently that's what she's calling him, is a totally different take on the protagonist, and since she is the alteration, while Bro Rider adheres more closely to the actor's looks, this is the othering of women that feminists complain about. No, you little fuckstick, you don't. And this is the problem I've got. We just did a story where feminists are bitching about the fact that Wonder Woman doesn't look enough like a strong woman. She has, she doesn't have any hair, and she's too perfect looking. She's too much of a fantasy girl. And then we have, on the other side of the same coin, Bioware and Mass Effect Andromeda, where they make the character, the female character, look rather ordinary and plain, like the every girl. Instead, now they're quote-unquote othering, whatever the fuck that means, women. By not making her look like the bombshell that she's supposed to be based off of. I'm looking at another picture of Jade Rossi, G-A-Y-D-E space R-O-S-S-I, and she is a bombshell. Bioware has enough problems with this game, but they're fucked going, coming or going here. If they make the character in the game look like the, the model, then they're doing the same thing that, that DC did with Wonder Woman. They're making an impossible fantasy woman that nobody can really believe in and has impossible standards for anybody to try to be like. But if they make her look like a plain Jane, now they're making it like women can't be attractive and they can't look like the model she's based on. Which is it, folks? Feminists, you can't have it both ways. It's got to be one or the other. The bottom line is you're like every one of these other liberal bullshit uh, groups. You're just constantly pissed and bitching about something because it's the only way that you believe you have relevancy. Period. It's been suggested that Bioware wastering, W-A-S-T-R-Y-N-G, wastering to desexualize the featured women and they appear less like their model inspirations because they've been stripped of makeup and Photoshop. The ghost of large-breasted Laura Croft has haunted the video game industry for years, leading designers to be accused of using women as lusty pawns in video game narratives. 
No kidding. That's the point. There is no winning this game. There is no winning this argument. No matter what you do, you're a pig. A second round of rain is marching through northern Ohio and will impact much of the area tonight. It's the same thing with games, folks. Same thing with movies. Why can't we just enjoy them for what they are? Why does it have to be something different? Why does it always have to have some far-left agenda for everything? Just enjoy the game for the game. One second here. Sorry, playing one haywire on my end. I don't know what else to say about this. I don't know how else to to explain it or combat it or or what have you. I'm increasingly living in a world that I just don't get. That I no matter what, I just don't understand it. And this is another prime example. I don't get it. Something must be playing that I can't hear. All that. That's what's in my ear the whole time. I hope that doesn't come over the show. I had Alpha Geek Radio playing in the background. I've been trying. That's why all these pauses are coming from. I keep thinking that somehow they've opened up the door upstairs to the war room, and that's what's seeping in. I'm like, how the hell? These microphones are good, but I don't have their, their gain turned all the way up. I shouldn't be able to hear... A bunch of different people talking in the background like I'm watching television. That kind of threw me. All right, so there we go. Problem solved. The problem is it only took an hour and a half into the show before I figured that part out. Harpeter. Deadly bronze poniard. Emp, do you need this? No, I don't. I am not a blacksmith. You can feel free to sell that. Same thing with the Wildthorn Mail. I know it's a blue item. Uh, but I am not a blacksmith. You may sell that. Don't need it. If I ever get around to making a third character, which I don't think I'll ever actually get around to doing, I'll probably do blacksmithing. But until then, uh, I'm just not going to. I, I just don't want to. I, I, I don't have enough time as it is. And it's just frustrating as all hell to try to level up. It really is. I want to start wearing my Bee Stalkers uh, gloves, but I got to go one more level before I can get to it. I've got the belt. I've got the bracers. I hope to have the belt soon. But this is mainly buying it. I haven't had a chance. I can't run the endgame stuff yet. And Dire Mall just came out on Saturday. 
So everybody and their mother is running it. And a lot of a lot of um, uh, epics and stuff are coming out of it already, very quickly, I might add. I was surprised by that. Some of these people have, you know, two and three of the same item. Like, really, really fucking rare items. Like, what the hell? Where'd you get all this? A lot better luck than I. I only had two epics so far that have dropped. One I grabbed and sold. And that's where my most, most of my money came from. I'm using the other. Ooh, a giant stalker spelled. They want 800 gold. They can kiss the whitest part of my ass. And you can tell them I said so. No way. I mean, I'd buy it in a heartbeat, but, you know, 800 gold. Sorry, man, I got shit to buy yet. (laughs) I've got an epic mount coming up. Yeah, there's no B-Stalker belt. There was one yesterday because my daughter turned 17 on Thursday. So we kind of had all the family over for a party yesterday. And I was just logging off. It was only after a little while. I was logging off and I was going to put a bid in because there's one up there for a relatively decent price. You know, for the for a bid, not for a buyout. And I was about to put a bid in. And then I went upstairs and I logged off. And I meant to come back down and do it while we were waiting for her to show up and I never got around to it. So, of course, the auction closed. I didn't get it. And fuck. <laughs> and one has been posted since. Once people go back to... Um, um, once they go back to... Everybody goes back to... Uh, uh, doing Upper and Lower Black Rock Spire. I'm sure those things will flow again. Hopefully by that time I'll figure it out. Because I don't know what to do. I've already quested out on, Go- on, you know, on Goro Crater. The Western Plague Lands, there's just not much there to do. I haven't, I'm too low level to make it to the Eastern Plague Lands. There's nowhere else really to go. I mean, I, Ajara, I guess. I mean, Siren Gorge, Burning Steps, there's not much there for me to do. The Blasted Lands, I guess, but I'm not really 60. And there, again, there's not a whole lot of quests there to do. I got six and a half levels to go, man. All right, the time for You've Been Told, then we got to get out of here. So, let's do it. You've Been Told is a short-form commentary segment for The Emperor's Court, written and produced by Octale. Check me out on Twitter, at The Octale. This week on You've Been Told, I wanted to originally do a follow-up on my segment last week about the Justice Democrats. My problem was, obviously, my segment went way too long. I spent way too much time on the platform and not enough time really focusing on why the Justice Democrats are DOA. Combined with that, Sargon of Akkad on his YouTube channel put out a fantastic video talking about the reasons why the Labor Party in the UK is dead or dying. And I really think a lot of the things that he talks about in that video apply to the Justice Democrats and the Democrat Party in the States. So, what I want to do is I want to watch that video a couple more times. I want to put together a decent script for this segment, and I want to put a efficient second part of last week's segment together for next week to sort of tie a bow on that topic, and then we could move on and talk about other more fun things than uh, just uh, political crap. So, 
With that in mind, I am going to talk about a couple of things. First, I want to talk today about is the fact that I have worked my, knock on wood, my last full-time week as a blue-collar employee in my new country, Norway. When I moved here two years ago, I was coming off of a 14-year career, as most of you know, in aerospace. And we solved a lot of cool problems, but we also worked very, very hard. Working 40 to 70 hour weeks, 48 weeks a year for 14 years will, in fact, burn somebody out pretty bad. And it took several months after I moved to Norway to realize the fact that I was very, very burnt out on doing the kind of work that I had been doing for all that time. Now... It took nearly a year and a half to find, it took in fact 16 months to find this blue collar job that I got delivering groceries to people 37 and a half hours a week, every week for the last six months. I had uh, up until last month perfect attendance in fact, I hadn't taken a sick day, I had taken no vacation time. Um, Any days off that I had taken in all that time were unpaid and scheduled in advance. Um, So uh, I had essentially had perfect attendance uh, since I had been there. Uh, It is hard work. It is good work. It has given me an appreciation or renewed my appreciation for the work that blue-collar people do and reminded me the fact that even blue-collar workers deserve the chance for dignity that we all want when we get out of our educations and start our paths on our careers. We have an expectation for dignity, and I think in a lot of circles, I won't name what those circles are, but in a lot of circles that concept of the expectation of dignity is lost or forgotten. So just a reminder to everybody out there to grab your policeman, grab your fireman, grab the person that serves you coffee, talk to your garbage man, your mailman, and simply say thank you to those people who are doing a job that they may not necessarily want to do that may be way below their station, but yet they are still doing it and they do in fact deserve their dignity. Okay. The other thing I really want to talk about this week is uh, video games. I am playing Horizon Zero Dawn. It is awesome. It has a female protagonist, which is fine. I couldn't care less. It is somewhat messagey without being preachy, which I appreciate. I hate preachiness. Um, There's some overt prejudice uh, amongst people in the game, but it's explained canonically very well. All of the enemy types in this game have little gimmicks associated with them that are fun to explore and try out. There's a reasonable variety of weapon. There's a reasonable variety of ways to do killing if you're a fan of Tenshu Stealth Assassins, you will appreciate a lot of the 
hidden stealth kill type stuff that you get to do. The storyline is reasonably compelling, and quite frankly, I'm not even focused on the storyline because there is a lot to do in this world. It is fantastic. And I blasted this out on Twitter earlier in the week. It must be tough to be a Nintendo fanboy this week or these last two weeks. Because your brand new console came out, it's underpowered, it's got gimmick controllers again, it's massively over overpriced, and your best game, probably for the entire generation, isn't even the best game that came out this week. So, that's, uh, that's gotta be pretty tough. And I really was hoping, this this was my hope, that it, thirty that thirty years was going to be the limit. We've seen this in other places, and I'm not going to take this down the political path, but we've seen this in other places that people get crapped on by individuals and organizations, and it takes twenty five to thirty years before groups of people collectively wake up and go. Hey, wait a minute, this is BS. And I was really, really hoping that we've finally had 30 years of Nintendo not lifting a finger when it came to innovation. They repackaged the same six games generation after generation after generation, and they do a handful of gimmicks, and people by the millions line up to the trough to take any old crap that's poured out for them by the big N. As long as it's got the Nintendo logo on it, they'll think it's chicken tartare. And I was really, really hoping, I was really hoping that somebody was going to stand up and point and say, the Emperor has no clothes. Unfortunately, it doesn't look like, for gamers, 30 years is enough. So hopefully it'll happen in 40. My name is Octale, and you've been told. Let's go back to the Emperor and the rest of the Emperor's Court. All I could think about when I heard this, when I heard Octale talking about blue-collar workers, and see if this doesn't ring true. See if, this, if you weren't reminded of the same thing. This. Look, the people you are after are the people you depend on. We cook your meals. We haul your trash. We connect your calls. We drive your ambulances. We guard you while you sleep. Do not fuck with us. <laughs> I like this. I, I picture Octail in the basement of uh, some bar giving this kind of speech to or telling everybody to thank everybody they know, uh, surrounded by all these guys getting ready to join the Fight Club. <laughs> Look, when it comes to Nintendo Switch and things continue to kind of move along with them, um, and, and pretty much it's just been Breath of the Wild and nothing else. And it's the same thing what he's mentioned, kind of the things we've we've covered on the show the last few weeks, is that I think people, Nintendo fans, are just happy to have something that didn't implode on the first day it came out. And much like the Wii did, it took a little while, and of course we called it long before the game the system even came out, that being the Wii and the Wii U, it was going to be a failure. Once it came out, 
everything was hunky-dory. Within six months to a year, you start to realize, well, wait a minute. There's not really any good games for this. You're going to get a Mario. You're going to get a Mario Kart. You're going to get a Metroid. You've got a Zelda. You might get another one. But that's it. That's not enough to build a system around anymore. There's a reason why Nintendo is a distant third to everybody else. And they have been going on 12 to 15 years as a distant third. They have been number one since the Super Nintendo. Sony pretty much knocked them in the mouth, and it's been that way ever since. And then it's been a, a fight of jogging back and forth uh, again. The PlayStation 1, PlayStation 2, rule the landscape. Xbox 360, edged out PlayStation 3. Now PlayStation 4, light years ahead of the Xbox One. But both of them are on a different, a different level than the Switch. And that's not going to change. And I know before the rest of you fanboys start emailing me, but Edward, they're going to have Nintendo's going to have a very big E3 announcement, a price change. Yeah, I know. I know what Nintendo's claiming for E3. They're going to lower the price. They're going to announce some more games. They're going to announce probably some partnership with some other company to offer you something, whether or not you need it. I, I know. I get it. It's still not going to make a difference in the long run because it is gimmicky, and that's it's kind of cool if you have a gimmicky type stuff. To add on to the peripheral. When that's the way it's supposed to be, that's the problem. When you have these stupid-ass controllers and they're supposed to be built-in for all games, that's a problem. And coming back later and saying, oh, but we're going to have a a pro controller for normal games, that doesn't cut it. It doesn't. Because then you have a tale of two different cities, two different uh, consoles. One that plays like a traditional console and one that's got the weird, stupid controller. But that's Nintendo. They haven't gotten the message. And you got to watch, you got to wonder how many times are they going to fail before they either adjust it, they change it, and figure out what they're doing. but they're not going to. You know it. I know it. They're going to keep at it until they're out of business or they become a third-party developer. And really, that's probably what Nintendo should have done two generations ago. When the Wii didn't pan out the way it was supposed to, that's when they should have stopped. All right, folks, that's what I had for today. Um, Let's get this going. Uh, I want to thank Gnomewise, the owner-proprietor of Alphabet Radio, for hosting us each and every week. We appreciate it. Uh, I want to thank you, the listener, for tuning in. Of course, not for you. We would not be doing this. I want to thank uh, Scrub Puppy for keeping our Facebook page funny and interesting for you. Uh, I would like to uh, thank uh, Khalil for sending in that actually very disturbing uh, urinal cake story. Not sure how she came across it or why. Uh, I would like to uh, invite all of you to join us on the Elysium PvP server. It's the Elysium Project, Elysium-Project.org. Join us on, we're on the Elysium server. We are playing Horde, of course. I'm there. Octail's there. Lulu's there. Binlestead's uh, there, and Tabor, and, and Umamore, and, and a lot of guys. Guys and gals are on there with us. You should as well. I want to thank the patrons who paid to make this show possible. We always uh, appreciate 
What does you guys do? What your lady and gentlemen do for us? Uh, if you're interested, there is another hour and 40 minute episode posted last night for your listening pleasure. If you would like to become a patron of the show, you get your foot in for just a dollar. The more you donate, the more you have access to. That is at Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com. Look up Emperor's Court. The link is on our Twitter, at Emperor's Court. And the link is also on our Facebook page, at Emperor's Court. Look them both up. That's pretty much it. I have nothing to plug other than you should join us in World of Warcraft. I will see you next weekend. Have a good night, everybody. Bad manners are better than no manners at all. So long. Good. Yeah, good.